at Sif Pop. We're your movie friends. But are friends really friends? If you don't know them, so grab a popcorn and head over to our row so we can chat movies like friends do. There's always room for more movie friends. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the writer's room. Hello and welcome to Civ Pop Writers Room. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And this week, I'm joined by Civ Pop writer Joe. Hey, everybody. We provide, write for SivPop.com, providing you with movie reviews, best ever challenges, and other interesting movie-related articles. Uh, video game reviews also, as well. Uh, that seems pertinent for this week in conversation because um, we, uh, uh, yeah, we're, we got a couple of publishing soon. I know uh, Resident Evil 4 just went live on the site a couple days ago. Uh, a couple of uh, one claim for next month. I think uh, Jack's going to be writing about oh a game. What's the? Or it's April still. Um, what's the? Mm, there's a big game he's writing about. It's not, there's Dead Island two, and there's another big release that was coming out anyway. And then I think somebody's going to be writing for Redfall in May, and somebody's going to be writing for the new Legend of Zelda. Those are all coming out in May. So anyway. Also wanted to point that out because I keep on saying movie reviews, the best ever challenges. We do a lot of TV and movie or in video games as well. So um, cover a lot. To, yeah, yeah. We're trying to expand. We're trying to do trying to to, to do differently. And uh, oh, Jedi Survivor. Duh. Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Jack's doing that one this month. So that's cool. But yeah, it's a good time for video games and video game people and all that which I consider myself one of those, and I will back that up later. So um, on the podcast, though, on the um, on the show, we're going to be talking about uh, two coming attractions, two movies coming out this week that I feel are worth talking about, Renfield and Sweetwater. Uh, after that, we'll talk about the two Ghost in the Shell movies. Um, not really any reason in particular we picked them, but just because. Um, although I did see something like, I think maybe... Maybe there's some going on because I saw like the Ghost of the Shell anime is getting screened at my local theater in like two weeks. And I was like, shoot, if we would pick this for next month, I would have just gone to the theater <laughs> um, anyway. And then for our B plot, we're going to plot out next month's schedule. Actually, um, we are scrapping the idea that we had um, and saving it for another week. So will we looking through my watch list and picking out movies that would still qualify. And we're kind of going to tweak this a little bit to where it's not necessarily just going to be comic book, but it's going to be like nerd culture things. I think it's just a better way of saying so, you know, we can do like, I feel like we could do like a video game adaptation um, or, you know, adapting, um, you know, still can do comic book adaptation, but anything that just really fits into like nerd culture, I think that we can, we can use as a, as a reference point for these weeks that Joe's on. So we'll, we will give you options of things that you guys want to hear about. Um, uh, on the podcast for July through December. But uh, after that, uh, we'll wrap up with the spinoff. But first, let's get a chance to talk with Joe for a little bit. Joe, I, I came up with this question. and I'm really excited about this question because I am so curious what you have to say about this. Um, which one are you more excited for the future of the MCU or the DCU? If you would ask me like a few months back, it, the, the, probably the answer to that would have been a lot simpler. But since James Gunn is kind of like being the kind of like overarching kind of over... Uh, Mm -hmm. looking over D, uh, dcu mm -hmm. um i probably would still give the edge to the to the mcu because i'm just more familiar with marvel characters i grew up with marvel characters like all my life not, not to say i don't okay. love dc mm -hmm. but um plus my favorite comic book character is marvel is part of marvel is captain america so um sure plus like i feel like when the mcu um has like taken swings or like have taken chances like they paid off like werewolf by night i actually really enjoyed that um mm. but um 
Yeah, it's really it, it, it is really difficult to choose, but I would say the MCU, even though DCU, like a lot of the kind of projects that James Gunn is like proposed, sound really interesting and intriguing. Um, yeah, I think sure. say Marvel. I think it's this is such an interesting question because yeah, you're right. A couple months ago, this question would have easily been the MCU, and now it's kind of like, man, this is such a loaded question now. Um, and and both and this this question coming right off of the heels of two critically hated movies uh, with yeah. <laughs> for both sides with Ant Man and the Lost Quantumania and Shazam Two: Fury of the Gods, which I was planning on going in theaters, and then nobody thought that movie was even like better than okay and so i was like all right cool i don't need to see it then um especially since it's gonna be rebooted soon anyway i assume i don't know maybe i'll check it out when it comes to hbo max but i said that about black adam and i still haven't watched that so um <laughs> joe did you see a man of lost quantumania i did not okay uh, i heard very mixed things about it it's kind of like super okay like super mid aggressively mid and that might even be generous. <laughs> but it's crazy, so. though, because, like, the way that trailer is cut, it seems like that film is going to be so epic and, like, mean so much. So I'm, I'm interested to see it, though. Like when I, I think that's it, the yeah. problem, though, is, like, the film feels epic. But when you have your main character be Ant-Man, who is an epic character in the comics, you know, he's the original leader of the Avengers, um, not Iron Man. Um, yeah. Like... But the way that they have him set up in the MC, you're almost like this chump. Like this movie feels way more epic than the characters that it gives us. And that's a problem. Um, and so it just never really translates well. And then it's also just like. Well, it's also Scott Lang, too. He's a little more comical out of the Ant-Man. You know what I mean? Like he's a little more. Yeah, but Hank Pym's in this movie a lot, too. Yeah. And sure. and so is Janet Van Dyne. Like it's got all it's got the whole Ant family in there. Like, you know, what I mean? a like, lot. but it's totally different, though, because like. When yeah. Hank Pym is like, you know, he's like the Ant Man. You know what I mean? Like he's like the solo, right? Like, with, yeah, totally different. And, and especially like Hank Pym is like super core with you know him and Howard Stark and uh, um, Mr. Fantastic in the in the comics. Like they're like the the trinity of some super smart guys, you know. And Scott Lang's kind of like a guy. <laughs> so anyway, um, so I think my answer to the question this question is going to be the DCU. Um, it's gonna edge it out just a little bit, and I think. I think this is the reason why I'm more I'm way excited about Guardians of the Galaxy 3. But beyond that, like Blade, and that's kind of it right now. Like even that Secret Invasion teaser didn't really do anything for me. But I'm really excited for that show. But like, yeah, Blade and Guardians, and that's kind of it, you know. Um, And it just kind of feels like the MCU is currently in a state where the DCU has been for a while. Um, But I hope that changes because like I saw an article today um that quoted james gunn and he said like his original plan for guardians 3 was not going to have thor in it so when endgame put thor and the guardians together you know he collaborated right. with taika watiti to make sure that thor would not be with the guardians by the time guardians 3 came out it's right like, that sounds like i mean that sounds like some some disney level you know sequel trilogy stuff right there you know um with jj abrams setting up this huge luke skywalker thing and ryan johnson be like no Boom. And then JJ being like, but please. Um, anyway, um, so it just feels like kind of a mess. And yes, the DCU is a mess and and all that. But like that Flash trailer looks really good. And like that Blue Beetle trailer looked really good. And it did I look just, really good. Yeah. I'm just really excited for all the stuff that like, like the things like the James Gunn announcement was just really exciting. And it just feels like MCU has been underwhelming. And I'm tired of saying this every every month or every week or whatever, but the only properties I've really liked since Endgame have been WandaVision, Hawkeye, and Shang-Chi, and that's 
and Spider-Man three. And that's been about it. Everything else is fine. Um, and, but like the problem is at, at least those movies are fine. Right. Or they're like even maybe good, but they're not great. The problem with DC is the movies are either excellent or terrible. Like there's no yeah, there, middle ground. There's really no middle ground. Like they're either excellent, like Wonder Woman or, or like the first Shazam movie or like I'm trying to think of like one that's like I extra, think, extra I think bad. Wonder Woman is the only mid movie to me. But like because I give Wonder Woman like a six or seven out of ten. I think that the first two thirds are incredible and that really falls apart after the No Man's Land sequence. Um, but like. The movies are are either rated between eight and ten or between one and three. Like there right. is no there is no four to seven in the DCU. So it's like you know, and so that's why I feel like a lot of people with Shazam are are in that like lower camp, and you know, and Black Adam was in that lower camp. Um, but like you know, Man of Steel is in that upper camp, and The Suicide Squad is in that upper camp, and I would even throw Birds of Prey up there. I think Birds of Prey is a pretty solid movie. So. Yeah, actually, uh, I love them. I think I like the movie more, more than most. I think both of us actually enjoy the movie more than most mm-hmm. people do. Well, but then Aquaman's a big hot piece of trash, and that goes in the bottom. So I kind of uh, like Aquaman. I have a soft spot for it just because it feels like a big Saturday morning cartoon. It's not a good movie, but yeah, it's it's, it's an hour too long. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, really long. Yeah. So anyway, um, I just. It's such a we- like. I'm so conflicted. I'm gonna give it to a by a hair to DC because like, like I don't know how much James Gunn can really control Flash, but like I think he's I think he's got a handle on everything coming out after Flash. Like I think that's really where his his presence is going to be felt. Um, so like yeah. it's at least exciting as opposed to like Kevin Feige's got his hand in so many different projects and like I th- maybe maybe that's a problem. Like maybe it's too much for him to manage everything now, or maybe he's maybe he's trusted too many people and it's just backfired a few too many times. I don't know. Like could be. Like the the percentage of hits from even like all of phase one through three. Like there have been more stinkers in phase four than there were all of phase one through three. So um I mean that's more properties, but anyway. Um Yeah, I mean maybe they're spreading themselves too thin. Like um I kind I don't think everybody needs a series. I, I do think It'd be really cool if they did specials every now and then. I yeah, like the, I like the special like presentations. I thought both of them were really excellent. And they they really fit. They really nailed what they were trying to accomplish. Um, so yeah, maybe more of that. Uh, I think they're going to do that for Wonder Man. I think it's going to be like a feature presentation, like a cool. thing. It's not. Yeah, gonna he be like a, he's, I don't know that that's a full movie's worth of. Yeah, like, you, you, but you release a special, you see how it goes, and then you can throw them in in Secret Wars or whatever. You know, you could have them be. A side character. If he was, if this was before Endgame, you know, you can have him just be in the background in Endgame, and people will be like, "Look, that's Wonder Man," and other people will be like, "All right, cool." I a think it's an excellent test bed for like a lot of their characters, like especially sure. a lot of their like kind of like C level, like C D level sure. characters. Like try them out there, and you know, like you said, worst worst comes to worst, you throw them in the background of a big event movie, and uh, yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, throw them in the background of or of even like. Uh, loki season two or three or whatever you know like doesn't even have to be a big event thing but you just throw them in the background of a of a project just to be like yep they're still around um throw them in throw them in a glimpse of one of the multiverses from the multiverse of madness you know um, i think it's cool like about wonder man is that you could throw him pretty much anywhere because he's an actor so you could like posters be like you know things yeah. in la like big billboards so that's pretty i'd fun. be surprised if there already wasn't a, a poster with wonder man on it somewhere there's but, yeah there's probably like an easter egg somewhere They're probably but I don't know. It's just I also just like I haven't cared about following Easter eggs for the last phase of the MCU because it's like, I don't know, like Easter eggs have gotten a lot more obvious. Like they used to be really sneaky in the first couple of phases. Um, but 
either that or they're way too niche and I was never going to get them anyway. So I, I need to rely on Eric Foss and new rock stars to, to fill me in. But some of them are kind of like super niche, but like, yeah, yeah. they're either super niche or like, or they're just really obvious. Like, it's just like whatever. Yeah. Like when in, in, uh, in the winter soldier where they're, um, interrogating the Hydra guide, he's like, we've been keeping tabs on everybody, you know, this, this, this Stephen strange. And you're like, Oh yeah. Like obvious. Like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's, I don't need to have picked up a comic book to know that. And, you know, and then there's other ones that are like really hidden or like a lot, like a lot of times there's Easter eggs in like character design or costume design and things like that. And I think that's all fun, but that's not, yeah. Anyway. Um, so yeah, so it sounds like you, you said MCU, I'm saying DCE, DCU, but kind of both of us are like threading that 50% line. Like, <laughs> yeah, I like mean, I'm, away. I'm like, I'm barely into DCU and it's, the only thing holding me back from firmly saying DCU is just their their movies are either incredible or stinkers, and there is no in between. At least, at least the worst MCU movie is still a two and a half out of five. You know, like just yeah. Thor: The Dark World. At least, like that movie's still. Yeah. I'm never gonna watch it unless I'm doing a binge, but it's not like a chore. It's so, fine. Anyway, it's not like a chore like Aquaman is or Batman versus Superman theatrical cut. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a that's a rough time. Suicide Squad, Joss, Joss Whedon's Justice League, Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't think I'm ever going to watch 84 ever again. I think I'm good. I don't know how much of any of the DCU, except for Man of Steel and The Suicide Squad, I'm going to check out. Anyway, um, one random question for you, Joe. It is the beginning of baseball season. I am curious, do you have a favorite sports team? Just in general, uh, not necessarily limited to baseball, but w- what would you say if you're a sports fan, your affiliations are? Uh, yeah, uh, growing up, uh, we were both A's fans and Giants fans. I'm more of a Giants fan, though, because mm-hmm. my uh, my grandmother. But yeah, baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, baseball was like a big thing for our family. Everybody played baseball. Um, it was the Barry Bonds era, too, wasn't it? Yeah, 90s. Steroid mm-hmm. era. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. like... It's fun time you'll, to watch baseball for sure. You'll have to remind me of the name of the park. Um, but I think it's is it what's the name of the, the park the Giants play at? God, like we named it like Spike Bell, ATT. Now it's what is it now? It used to be Pac Bell. I forgot what it's called now. I'm not sure. Um Giants Baseball Stadium Oracle. is Oracle Park. Oracle Park, yes. Sorry. I always wanted to call it PNC Park, but that's the one in Pittsburgh. And uh, that makes sense because PNC is not really past the Mississippi. Um, I think Oracle Park is my favorite park in baseball. Um, I love the fact that right field just goes out into the bay. And I love the giant Coke bottle in left field. I think I think that park is it's just a, It's a beautiful park. I mean, I, I know I'm like biased, but like to hear somebody yeah. else say it that that's not from the bay, that, that's a lot. You know what I mean? I think... I was explaining to my wife the other day because I was playing um, the White Sox. Were, White Sox are in a series against Pittsburgh right now. And I was like telling her, like, look at the stadium. It's gorgeous. And it's consistently voted number one. But I'm like, I like San Francisco's just a little bit more, but I'm not going to fault people for PNC Park. And then, you know, I, I've also got a soft spot for Fenway. I might I might wedge Fenway in between there at number two. But I mean, it's and, classic. Of, and, of, and of course, Wrigley is classic, yeah. you know, like it. And there are other I, I think Houston's got a great stadium just to trash fan base but um you know like it's like there's plenty of gorgeous i mean colorado um and the mariners gorgeous. uh yes yeah, seattle's is great um uh, when the dome is open um <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah like plenty of plenty of good parks out there but yeah to me like the the elite tier is uh pnc oracle um fenway and wrigley so nice um 
and I say all that as a White Sox fan, with the worst name for a stadium in the league, guaranteed rate field. What a what an atrocity. Um, I've I've been getting back into baseball recently. I was explaining to somebody like because because MLB the show is not is on Xbox again for the last couple of years, and I didn't have a PlayStation. Like I'm finally back into baseball because I have Game Pass, and they come out day one on Game Pass. So it's like cool. I'll I'll play the new MLB game for free, and and like they're really good. Like they just the show has always been really good. It's it's the one sports game that hasn't gotten stale. I don't know how, but like Madden has gotten you know. The glory days of Madden 07 and Madden 2001 are gone. These new Madden games are just not <laughs> fun. And, you know, it seems like NHL kind of peaked in 14. And for some reason, I still keep on playing them. But um, I think it's because I got into them late. But anyway, like, I've gotten back into baseball because I've gotten back into baseball video games. So anyway, um, so Giants would be your your answer. Do you have a do you have any other? You said A's, right? Yeah, yeah. But you, um, A's. All the barrier teams, um, like my 49ers. dad. My dad, he's a Raiders fan. 49ers, yeah. Oh, I guess uh, yeah, because 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 Raiders have been all up and down the West Coast. Yeah, pretty much. Now they're in Vegas. Yeah, nice. I have a. I, I always love asking people the sports affiliation questions too, because like I have a friend who's um, for baseball. I think he's a Twins fan. Um, maybe I don't know, but he's a he's a 49ers fan for football. And he's uh like he's got a he's got these different weird, affiliations all over, all over. yeah and when well, I asked him why um why Forty ers because he he grew up in Iowa it wasn't like he was a transplant or anything he said well dad was a Cowboys fan and mom was a I think Chiefs fan and so I just said eh screw it let's go Niners <laughs> like like just make it a more split household so anyway. Um, my, my mom and my sister are Cubs fans. Me and my brother are White Sox fans. And then my dad and my other sister just don't care. So we are a really interesting household. It's funny. Um, so, which was also great because the Cubs weren't good until after we were all out of the house. So I didn't have to have my sister rub it in my face. Instead, I got to rub it in her face. So, um, let's get on to some coming attractions. Uh, you want to talk about Renfield or Sweetwater first? Um, Let's go ahead and talk about Sweetwater first. Sure. Hall of Famer Nat Sweetwater Clifton makes history as the first African-American to sign an NBA contract forever changing how the game of basketball is played. Uh, starring Carrie Elways, Eric Roberts, Richard Dreyfus, Jeremy Piven, um, plenty of other names and faces that you would recognize. Um, so uh, Sweetwater. Um, Joe, we're taking everything out of the equation except for your own free will. When do you think you would check this game out? Would it be in the theaters? Would it be renting it at home? Wait till it's on a streaming service you already pay for, or are you just not interested in this movie? Uh, for this, I put it at a, a theater, but a matinee. Um, looks okay. like a great story. Um, I'm kind of a sucker for sports films and like sports biopics. So it sure. seems, um, they are kind of hit or miss sometimes, but just from the trailer, it looks like they're paying respect to the story. Um, it looks pretty solid. It kind of re- reminiscent of like 42. Um, mm-hmm which way they're trying to tell their story. Um, sure. Yeah, it, it looks it looks pretty solid. Um, the cast looks pretty um, pretty good, too. I haven't seen Jeremy mm-hmm. Piven in something forever, so I can't remember the last thing I saw him in. Uh, that's a great question. But he's, like, good. <laughs> um, and he's kind of transitioned, I think, out of the, like, early 2000s college comedy. College comedy. I think he's transitioned <laughs> out really well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought I saw him in something, like, last year. He's apparently in Sin City, too. I don't remember that. Um, <laughs> I, I don't really remember much from that movie, to be honest. But it's been a while. 
I guess he maybe hasn't really. Anyway, um, rock and roller, smoking aces, the goods, cars. Yeah, maybe he hasn't. Uh, I mean, because like a lot of this stuff is is later. I don't know. I just thought he had. Anyway, um, I'm kind of exactly where you are. Um, if you really make me like because it's theaters rent streamer skip, I'll go rent. But like, I'm kind of like I'm kind of with you where it's like if I got a free Friday morning, I might go check this one out. Um, it's it's interesting that this story hasn't already been told and like, especially NBA, right. which is a <laughs> predominantly black sport, like, or at least black athletes predominantly. Uh, like it, it's, it's almost interesting. And I'm curious, like when, when was that, when was that change? You know, um, like, cause it was certainly because I've been watching winning time on HBO when it was airing. I know season two is coming out later, but I mean like when I watched that as it was coming out. So it's like the, like Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar were already huge, like before Larry Bird was huge. So it wasn't like Larry Bird was like the last white star or anything like that, you know. Like, so I, I'm just I'm really curious, like that this story hasn't been told yet. And yes, I love I love breakthrough stories of of diversity, especially when they're in um, nonfiction category, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I, I'm surprised the story hasn't been told yet. I'm excited for for that. I'm excited for it to be yet yeah, not. I mean. Not that it, I don't want to say like not another Jackie Robinson movie or anything like that, you know, because I'm only aware of 42. I'm sure there are more out there, but it's not like we're saturated with them. But um, yeah, and sports movies in general are good, you know, Um, like I really like uh, uh, Glory Road, I think might be my favorite basketball movie, Um, which I know I'm from Indiana and like it's supposed to be Hoosiers, but truth time Hoosiers is a list of shame for me. I've never seen it and I don't I don't know that I care. Uh, cause I don't really care much about the sport of basketball. So, you know, uh, coach Carter and glory road are great. And that's, a, that's what I, it's space jam is I seen remarkably coach mid rather recently. And I was like, this was actually really solid. I was like, this is actually yeah. a pretty solid movie. I was really yeah. surprised. I'm sure somebody can give me a list of other great basketball movies that I should definitely check out. But like, yeah, like glory road to me is, is great. And coach Carter is great. And, um, yeah, space jam is, is, is what it is. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think if I went basketball movies, I'd probably go above the rim, but some more uh, street basketball. Mm, I've seen that one. Yeah, it's pretty solid. Um, but yeah, like I don't like like name a bad sports movie. Like they they're just not really. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty out there, but like it's plenty of bad sports movies. But they're they're uh, they're various degrees of entertaining. Let's say that. Well, and it's like I'm even like I'm trying to think of like big budget bad sports movies. Like you know, like Major League is great, and Moneyball is one of the best movies ever made. Like yeah, Moneyball is you know, amazing. And yeah, and Major remember League's the like Titans is on my top one hundred. Baseball, like one of my favorite sports comedies of all time. Miracles, awesome. Slapshot is great. Um, like remember the Titans. I mean, remember yeah. the Titans is like it's the top hundred movie of all time for sure. Like I just, I'm sure, that, I'm sure that somebody's gonna message me and rattle off a list of just bad sports movies. But like, I'm, I'm thinking like. A lot of the bad ones don't have budgets usually, or like yeah, the, right, the, like th- like theatrical released ones. Yeah, and if we really want to get like Rocky and Creed and like that whole franchise and Warrior is awesome, and I keep yeah, hearing really Warrior's good things really about awesome. Southpaw, but I never saw Southpaw, the Jake Gyllenhaal one. It's good. I don't think it's as good as Creed, but I do think it was good. Did, yeah, did enjoy it. Like sports movies are good. <laughs> um. So anyway, um. Yeah. So like, I don't. Like, I'm just not necessarily over the moon excited to see it like I am like I, I I'm trying to tame my expectations a little bit more like put it more into context um you know in terms of what is releasing and whatnot you know like or like I'm I was over the moon excited about John Wick 4 
and I was 100% in the theaters camp. So, but I'm nowhere near as excited about that, about this as I was John Wick four. So it really shouldn't be in the same camp, you know? So anyway, um, Renfield though, Renfield, very different movie. Uh, Renfield yeah. is uh, directed by Chris McKay, uh, Dracula's henchman and inmate at the lunatic asylum for, for decades longs for a life away from the count, his various demands and all the bloodshed that comes with them. Starring Nicholas Holt, uh, Nicholas Cage, Aquafina, Ben Schwartz, and plenty of other great recognizable faces. All right, Renfield. Um, same thing. Um, theaters, rent, stream, or skip. Where are you going to land on this one, Joe? I think um, theater is opening night. Like if I like had no- nothing, <laughs> nothing. Let's, let's just say I had a babysitter. You know, mm-hmm. my wife was doing something with her friends. I would definitely go see this with my buddy. This seems like a really good time. It seems really entertaining. I love Nick Cage, even when he's in movies that are super terrible. He's always entertaining in them. Sure. Um, it's fu- it's funny to see Nicholas Holden's movie. Like it's another kind of like what seems like a uh, horror comedy. I remember uh, the first time I even saw him in anything was Warm Bodies. I think it was the first movie I ever saw him in. I thought he was really good in it. Um, even before Beast in in First Class. I might have. I might have. I might have seen that first. But yeah, um, yeah it it looks it looks great. The trailer looks really awesome. It looks like it's going to be both super hilarious and kind of gory from the looks of it. Um, yeah, I'm really high on this one. Yeah, I'll pass it to you. I'll also go with um, a a theaters for this one. Um, man, this is such a weird movie because the first <laughs> trailer that came out, I was thinking, wow, this looks like a train wreck. Um, but it looks like it has potential. So I would have said streaming. But I saw the trailer in front of, um, what did I see the other day? Um, gosh, uh, probably in front of Dungeons and Dragons. Was it the if final not, trailer? Yeah. It's and that good. trailer's amazing. Yeah, it's a good trailer. <laughs> and it like completely changed my mind about this movie because like that whole, the, the first one is about where he's in the meeting about like abusive relationships and whatnot. And at the very end, you get Nicolas Cage saying, I'm Dracula. And you're like, cool, nice, fun camp. It looks like there's a lot of potential here, but honestly, surprises him straight to VOD. Um, that second trailer looked really good. And I am, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like if I didn't have to work this Thursday night or Friday morning, I would, I would go to the theaters and see it. Absolutely. Um, so, um, I'm not like over the moon excited about it, but I am like a solid, like I'm as long as letterboxd reviews from like all my peers don't keep me away. Um, then yeah, I, I definitely see myself checking this one out in theaters. Um, whenever I get some time to see it, but, uh, yeah, like this looks great. And like, I, I mean, Nicolas Cage as Dracula in a movie with this kind of tone, just, yeah. <laughs> just, just fits. And I'm not huge on Aquafina, but she's not really a lead. Um, so great. I'm big on Ben Schwartz. So the fact that he's in this movie, great. And yeah, Nicholas Holt too. I've, I've still not seen warm bodies. Um, but that came out a whole two years after X-Men first class. So I'm, I'm willing to say you probably saw him as beast first, but yeah, maybe, um, it's 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 funny because like right the it just the the thought escaped me never mind that's all right I was thinking about but, something I mean, and he and he's great in everything I've seen him in you know I really like him in the role of Beast um even even in X Men Apocalypse like he's not the problem with that movie and I didn't see Dark Phoenix but I'm sure he's not the problem with that movie I really like him in Mad Max yeah uh, he's great in Mad Max Fury Road I he's, thought he was uh, good in the um was it the was it the invitation the menu the menu yeah yeah. I, that's I still haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, it's really high on my list though. But like, um, he's really good in the favorite, uh, like in a real like interesting role for him too. Like it's just kind of out of his box, and I I love it. I'm here for it. So yeah, I'm just uh, I'm happy for uh, 
I'm I'm happy to see him. I think he's got a pretty solid track record of stuff that I've seen him. So um, yeah, just this movie looks fun and quirky and great. So I think that's all of my thoughts. Do you have anything to say about either of these movies? No, I think we're on the same page. Or like like I said, I'm not like super over the moon, like over the moon either. But like, mm-hmm. no, who am I kidding? I'm super over the moon about this. I'm super excited about this. I'm stoked about it. I'm really surprised that I haven't seen more promotional for Sweetwater. Like I. I have not like come across. Thing. I've not come across a trailer in the theaters or anything. Like, I and wasn't there a movie? Creed? I saw one during Creed. I don't remember seeing one in front of Creed. Um, wasn't there another? Oh, no, man, that was Stillwater. I was like, wasn't there another movie called Sweetwater, like two, a year or two ago, starring Matt Damon? That was Stillwater, I think. Either way, um, yeah. Just uh, I will say this though. Um, Actually, not because I because I talked positively about Sweetwater. I say there is a sports movie this year that I am one hundred percent in the not interested camp. Um, we'll get there in like a month, uh, so I think two weeks actually. But um, anyway, <laughs> yep, two weeks. Um, so <laughs> yeah, it should be good. Should be a good week for uh, for moviegoers. Um, which is which is just weird because I feel like I feel like it's it's been there hasn't been a week where it's like eh, there's nothing coming out, and it's a good time to be a movie fan. All right. Before we move on, Joe, any uh, you want to p- promote your Instagram uh, for people that are listening that might maybe aren't uh, aware yet? Yeah, sure thing. Yeah, if you want to reach me, in, like either like like cool cosplay photos or just talk about movies, comic books, weightlifting, variety of things. Um, yeah, you can hit me up on Instagram at the Star Spangled Avenger, and there's an underscore under each one of those words. Yeah, that's where you can find me. Nice. And a quick reminder, patreon.com slash hiphopwr in case you guys are interested in other bonus content, uh, early access content, whatever. Um, for the $10 and up tier, they are getting exclusive reviews for movies that I've seen new releases um, for 2022. So there's already like, I think, six or seven up there. So I think the I did D&D and Air um, over the past week. So um, hoping to get around to Super Mario Brothers soon and... Um, Although the farther we get away, the more I'm just like, do I really need to go? Uh, and and again, hopefully Renfield, uh, maybe even Sweetwater. I don't know if I got a like free Saturday or Sunday coming up or something. Maybe I'll just triple feature it. But um, it sounds like yeah. fun. Let's move on to talking about Ghost in the Shell. I was talking with Joe a little bit about this earlier, but uh, we're going to talk about these movies in a different way than normal as opposed to one and then the other. I think we're just going to introduce the two movies as a whole. And then just talk about them together. Um, and I don't plan on doing this like all the time in the future, but the it's really hard to to talk about either of these movies, specifically the live action one, without reference to the anime one. So um, real quick, before we give our ratings or anythings, um, first of all, spoiler warning, we'll spoil both of these in their fullest. Um, and uh, I wanted to know, Joe, what is your history with this franchise? Um, for both the films, uh, if you have relationship with the manga as well, or I know, like, I'm pretty sure there was like a early 2000s sequel to the anime film. Like, just what is your history with this property, this IP? Uh, I've grew up with like Ghost in the Shell and just anime in general, like pretty much my entire life since I was like 11. Mm-hmm. Um, well, like kind of more adult oriented anime like Akira, uh, so forth. But um, yeah, I've always loved Ghost in the Shell. Uh, it's kind of fun to kind of revisit because like you'll realize more things about it or as, as you grow up um, watching it, the experience is completely different. Like when you initially watch Ghost in the Shell, like, oh, cool action scenes, all this cool stuff. But like there's all this like really cool philosophy and like um, kind of life lessons hidden within the movie. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've always been a huge fan of it. Um, I've read all the original manga by Masamune Shiro. 
um yeah that guy is a genius he's literally the godfather of like uh at least japanese uh cyberpunk but um mm-hmm. yeah big time big into these films or big into the the original film <laughs> yeah i um i saw the anime right when i moved to iowa city about five years ago and i think it's because like it's so popular and it's i think it's frequently like regarded as like the best anime of all time like or at least like to to people that maybe aren't necessarily into anime um like i think a lot of people really love this movie even if they're not into other anime um so so i checked it out and and i think i was like kind of doing something else all the time but i remember just thinking like i it's only an hour and 20 minutes and it couldn't hold my attention for 20 so and i'm not an anime fan um and still am not it's it's just not my style of thing so um uh, i can i can appreciate something but also recognize that it's just not for me and that's okay and i'm i'm totally comfortable being like absolutely guys have fun go to town i'm gonna be over here in my corner with the nice guys you know so um i i've seen that one before i never saw the scarlett johansson one um and then i think um for a black friday one day i was talking with somebody and it happened to be right before black friday and they were mentioning about how the movie is actually not that bad and again especially like you get some space between a release and you know a, a live action remake off of a really beloved ip is always gonna get some flack so um so i think people um and and i think from what i heard too it's worth watching for the visuals alone and so i got the 4k disc for like six bucks um so yeah i um I, I watched both of them earlier today. Uh, and I specifically watched the live action one before the anime for one reason alone. And that is I had a fr- I have a friend who is into anime and I mentioned that I was watching these for the podcast. And he's like, oh, I really liked the live action one. And then I saw the anime one and now I hate the live action one. So I'm like, OK, so if I'm going to give this due justice, I should watch it first. Um, and that leads us to here so joe let's go just the um you know we'll screw it we'll do it um the anime the the live action i want to hear the live action ghost in the shell your rating of it do you like it love it hate it dislike it or think it's just okay Uh, this is tough like um i think i've seen it three times now this is my third uh i don't really hate it i'll say i didn't like it i just don't like it okay um i think visually it's super striking and super interesting um it just doesn't feel like ghost in the shell like mm. if you i understand that you put these two movies like side by side one's like really glossy and colorful and then one is very kind of like dystopian and you can tell that this world is kind of like being held together uh you know sure. nearly by duct tape uh, sure so um yeah it's also a lot of the character stuff they did and i think the simplification of the story i think we'll get more into it but i think the simplification of the story and making it more based on the major herself um, rather than being kind of an overarching plot, I think kind of like um, kind of kills it a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go on the low side of it's just okay. Um, and the reason why I want to go there is because I wound up giving this movie a two star rating out of five. But the reason why I gave it a two star rating out of five is because I really liked the first 40 minutes of this movie. Um, so, and then I just really didn't care about the last hour. Um, so it just, it really lost, like as soon as it lost my interest, it lost it hard and it never regained it. So it's not a two star in terms of like, oh, I didn't like it. It's a two star in terms of, I really liked the, the, the first bit. And then, you know, 
not at all the last bit. So that's kind of where my rating comes in. So that's why like, I'm not going to go and dislike it because there's some things I really liked about, especially in the first half, but there's some things I really liked about the the movie in general. So um, now what about the anime? Like it, love it, hate it, dislike it, think it's just okay. Yeah, I I, I love it. Like it goes without saying, like um, you can't see my room right now, but I turn on my green light <laughs> for Ghost in the Shell. Um, yeah, I love I love the character of the major. I think she's super interesting. I think her um, character design is really iconic, um, especially when you view Mesmini Shiver's version. That's really detailed and like uh, kind of like mm. watercolor. Uh, I think I did see that version this time, um, and I don't know what I watched the first time because I just had like the Blu-ray release the first time, but then I put it in my cell pile, got rid of it, and now I I watched the 4K version this time and. I noticed a difference in in colors and art style and even some graphic design stuff. I thought I thought it was a remarkable difference. Um, maybe I don't know. Maybe I just didn't remember the original very much. Um, I'm going to go on the high side of it's just OK for this one. Um, and I think some of that is expectations. I think some of that is, again, anime just really isn't my thing. Um, but I think ultimately, like, there's a lot to like here. But ultimately, like, I don't I'm a really big story person. And I think this is a pretty shallow story. Um, it's a shell of a story, pun intended. Um, but I'm also curious as to how how my how, what, maybe this anticipated my experience. Joe, um, do did you watch? Do you watch this with subs or dubs? Um, growing up, I would watch. I well, this will this will age me. I had a VHS copy of it, and it was dubbed. But um, okay. I think I've owned like every version of this. But when I primarily watch it, I watch it dubbed. But uh, for this view, and I watch the subtitle. Okay. I, kinda, I switch back and forth. I go between. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, watch it the way you want to. Normally I do subs. Um, and so I think, I think the first time I watched this movie, I did subs. Um, the dub is actually pretty excellent. It's, it's one of the better ones. So I did watch dub this time and it's only because it's the default on the 4k and I was going to switch over to subs, but I decided to do it anyway, especially because, especially for a movie as colorful as ghost in the shell or it really any, anime i'm more likely to turn on dubs uh turn on subs uh yeah turn on dubs because um because i don't i don't want to miss something that's happening visually because i'm looking at the white text on the bottom of the screen so Mm -hmm. um so i did dubs for this time i think i did subs the original time um i think the voice casting for major is terrible um it is so monotonous and generic and boring um and i don't know if maybe that's part of the point but the way they're writing the character is it should be a lot more fun than that and i just thought like one person came in they took the first take and they were like cool got it and like they didn't give them context for what the scene was saying or anything and i don't think they're trying to make major a robot but she certainly acts and feels like a robot to me and so i was wondering how much the 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 dubs were gonna affect that so anyway that was just one thing that I really hated all the times that she, you know, talked in the um, in the Ghost in the Shell. It's, so yeah, because anyway. like a lot of her dialogue is like she's supposed to be really snarky, right? Like, yeah, and I, I didn't she, get that. I yeah, didn't pick and, up on it. Yeah, but I, I will agree. Every other person I thought was doing great. Yeah, I um, think I think she's fine in it. I think I do. After watching the um, subtitled, I prefer that major over. I think it's also like I think it's the same major they use for Standalone Complex, also, which is a series that takes place in an alternate timeline. Not to not to okay. go too ahead of anything or like sure. uh, go off the rails here, but like um, yeah, I preferred her voice. I don't know; it just worked a lot better. Um, so, 
one of the one of the other fun facts that I found out was that um for the Japanese dub of the live action film, they got the original um anime um Not voice really. actors to do the to do the dubs. So that's funny. So if you so if you do Ghost in the Shell twenty seventeen with Japanese dubs, then you will have the the anime actors doing I thought that's great. Wow, I'm gonna try it out. Um, all right, so we're just gonna talk about these movies together because I feel like they're inseparable and they're in, you know, especially in talking about. Um, this is absolutely a comparison game. So, um, yeah, I mostly want to start off with I think that both of these stories are really interesting worlds, but ultimately and and ultimately really bland and generic stories, and I, ju- I just have a hard time investing in them and. That is more so for the 2017 version, um, which kind of surprised me, especially because like the way that the movies end is so different. Um, I was not expecting that when the anime ends and like the way it ends, I'm like, that was like an extra three scenes from the live action one. I'm sure it was screened for test audiences and then they didn't like the the ending. And so they they cut a little bit. I don't. I, I got to imagine, or they were always already just like, it already feels a little long. Maybe we just end it here. I got to imagine, but um, yeah, wildly different endings, but uh, I, I'm, I'm almost willing to put this point aside because I feel like ghost in the shell has had so many copycats. Cause I mean, this anime is 1995. Do you know off the top of your head when the uh, came 18, out? 89. Okay. Like, so like it, it, this was fresh back then. Like this was like super like, well, that's what I'm like. Try Like I kind of have to try to chalk that up. So I'm not really counting this as a negative point, but it's just really hard for me to get invested because I was just like, I've seen this movie a million times, but because I've seen this movie a million times, it's probably because a bunch of people copycatted it, especially because I still think that if somebody wanted to make a ghost in the shell live action film, even if the 2017 one never existed, there would be a lot of fear surrounding that. Um, like just because the IP is so beloved, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things like there's supposedly a live action Akira movie being made and it's like, Oh boy, like, uh, we'll, we'll have to see. Um, but, uh, you know, and Taika Waititi was initially attached, but I, I think he, I, I read somewhere that he was dropping out because he overcommitted. Um, but yeah, I think he's still listed in IMDb anyway. Like it's just one of those, like it's got, it's, you got to have the right people behind it and you got to have a studio that trusts them. Like it's, it's got to be taken seriously and all that. And so it's just, anyway, I feel like, I feel like a lot of people adapted ghost in the shell in their own way. Um, I mean like famously, I mean, look at you get no matrix without ghost in a shell. Like, yeah, absolutely. That's a great happen. example. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. They, they literally showed exactly like, Hey, we want to make this and then showed them ghost in a shell. You know what I mean? And then showed them yeah. their, um, not their concept art, but their, uh, their storyboards. And it's like, yeah, sold it right there. Um, yeah, well, and even like I'm even thinking like, look, I know this is a difficult argument because um, because Blade Runner came out seven years before the manga came out, but like Blade Runner is based off of a Philip K. Dick novel from the '60s. Like, I have a hard time imagining that Ghost in the Shell isn't at least also partly adapted from Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, like. <laughs> Or yeah, or like, any other supplemental material. You know what I mean? Like, there's always like people right, that are like right. constantly, uh, you know, I wouldn't say copying, but like homaging or like, oh, this is like an influence. You know what I mean? So yeah, but but yeah, I mean, and you're right. Like the, I mean, I think there's a lot of it. It's so hard because there's a lot of these that are based off of graphic novels or manga or whatever. But like, I I see a lot of Alita Alita Battle Angel in here, and uh, and absolutely right, Matrix. Like, there's there's so much of a bunch of different different 
um, different properties that I just feel like I've seen this movie and this story a bunch. I didn't feel like the world was um, was like unoriginal. Like the world was still kind of fresh to me and interesting. So um, like I I really liked that part. (laughs) Um, I I made a note. My first note was for the um, for the live action one. Actually, my second note, sorry, was uh, the visuals for this movie are awesome. It's kind of like Blade Runner, but cover colorful. Um, I just, I really liked it. It felt vibrant. It felt, I absolutely understand. Stood in that moment when somebody said, um, when somebody told me that this movie is worth watching, buying the 4K, or at least like watching the the 4K by, um, you know, for six bucks or whatever. So yeah, yeah, you you totally can't take that away from this movie. Like visually, it looks amazing. Like it, it really looks great. Like if you watch on the big screen or you watch on like a high def television, it looks amazing. Color yeah. really pop. Um, I pulled up a, uh, a screen rant article that is uh, 10, 10 movies like ghost in the shell that everyone should see. Um, and like, yeah, like uh, it, it has the matrix listed. It has a little battle angel. Yeah, absolutely. It has dread listed here. I think that's a good comparison. Um, I robot for sure. Um, is one that I would put listed there. Ex machina. Absolutely um minority report absolutely yeah Yeah. um like yeah it's like i've seen a lot of these and and, and a lot of them done better like and and i'm not necessarily trying to say better um but like minority report's just an excellent movie yeah it's it's funny because like this film's plot's like a mixture between robocop minority report and like trying to think what else well and also the original source material of course but like i feel like it pulls heavily from robocop like a lot or like the amnesia you know thing you're like i can't remember my past Mm -hmm. and i gotta Mm -hmm. like um yeah, very born identity. Yeah, it's a yeah. I, I think the li- the live action one was surprisingly more straightforward and generic, which is also simple. twenty minutes longer. <laughs> and, but like, it just deviates to just to where it starts off kind of interesting, and you're almost I'm almost curious, like, oh, what is going to become of this? And the answer is something you've seen eighty times before, and it's like, oh, okay. Well, is it at least visually interesting? It's like, nope, they stopped caring. Like the moment that I was out in the live action movie was the moment after the interrogation scene. Um, like as soon as that scene was over, I was done. Uh, the interrogation scene after the water fight scene. After that scene, I don't know what it was about it. I was just done. Uh, but I really liked the movie up until that point. So especially the water fight scene, I thought was really, really well done. Um, so um, yeah, I just yeah, I think they, I think they did, they did it there. They did a great job of like mimicking that scene, but I had in my notes like that's the key word though, like mimicking. Like there's sure. none of the the power, the impact that I got from like watching the original anime, and like even those given scenes that they kind of like replicate, they don't they don't really do it for me like the anime did. Like but they're not like as powerful. Like they're doing the whole thing with like oh, I don't have a daughter. Like and uh, they have that whole sequence <laughs> in like the live action, and it's laughable. But like when it happens in the anime, you're like it's it's a uh, yeah, it messes with your head. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how else sure. to say it the most PG way you can, but it really messes with you. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, those are two scenes that you compare them to, like, totally just, they just don't work for some reason in live action. Like, it just didn't work out. Speaking of things that didn't really work in live action, let's talk about whitewashing Scarlett Johansson in this role. Um, <laughs> so, and I know that the, that the, the original creator, <laughs> he said that Scarlett Johansson has full blessing. He really liked it. Here's my problem with it. I don't have a problem with her in the role. I have a problem with the fact that she is like the only Western person in this movie, obviously because they wanted to make it appealable to the domestic box office, but they could have, would you have, let me ask you a serious question. Would you have been at all upset if the movie would have featured 
you know, okay, let me let me, let me change this. Let me change the way I'm saying this. Would would you be upset from a narrative standpoint or even character standpoint if the movie was if the live action movie took place in New York with Americans in the role? Yeah. <laughs> Because that's not the story. Okay. That's not where it takes place. That's not the setting. So, like, obviously, like, the answer to the question is, yes, I would be upset because because just whitewashing just isn't good. Now, maybe unless there was already a live action and it's like, here's at least a different way. But it has to be relevant, right? It has to be important. Um, it can't just be changing it for the sake of changing it. Um, that's just like, I don't think it matters all that much, like, in terms of narrative or structure or anything like that, the, like, the especially because they already killed out, killed the music and replaced it with a generic ass score, which is a shame because the music in the anime was actually really good. It was one of the highest spots for me. Um, yeah, I put, I, I put the music is so much better in this one. It's actually memorable. I really like the music in the anime. Couldn't tell you any, couldn't even tell you there was, there was music in the live action one. I actually do um, like the 2017 music, but I mean, th- you, there's no replacing the score from the original, the score from the original. Like you could just listen to that and like study or like work or like do anything yeah. else. Like it's, it's like really like, uh, like entrancing and like kind of like dark undertones, like a little bit of dread every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's really good. Um, well, like my point with the whitewashing thing is like, look, here's the deal. Like I don't, I wouldn't have a problem if they really wanted to make this take place in New York because Hollywood is making this film. If, if a Japanese studio wanted to make ghost in the shell, then they could, they could do that you know but hollywood is making this one so like i i could see that argument right i'm not saying it's the right thing to do but i'm saying i don't think i would ultimately like it it would ultimately affect my viewing experience you know maybe outside of my viewing experience i might have some negative things but like when as i'm watching the movie i wouldn't have a but but watching this movie and watching scarlett johansson be with a bunch every other character is is a is an asian character right every other character except for her and bato right and it's like (laughs) like everybody and so it's like it's so distracting and then i'm and so i made it like i made a note that it's like the movie got a lot of flack for whitewashing and it would be fine if this movie was in a western culture but because it wants to still feel really japanese it stands out as odd odd casting choice yeah and then they try to write it into the story but it just doesn't excuse it because, you know, they have the whole like we were on a boat coming to this country and then the boat sank. And I was like, OK, like, I think that's going to be a plot point later on. But ultimately, you know, they're they're not trying to say she's Japanese. And then they made her Japanese in the end. And I was like, oh, it's, God, it's you, such a like, slap in the face to like everybody. Like, like, I thought, OK, fine. They're going to explain it away and whatever. Like, I don't really need it, but like, at least it's going to help me feel a little bit better and then and then when they give her her real name it's like oof like this is you just gave a very white woman a very asian name <laughs> like oh boy anyway that was baffling yeah it was it was a really odd choice they're like well she's really ja- her brain is japanese but we made her a body and it just happens to be a caucasian it's like okay was there what was the then make her a body <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think- Stop saying you didn't want to cast an Asian actor. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... You have to go out of your way. <sighs> anyway. Um, one thing about the live action that I wrote is that the opening text feels entirely unnecessary because it gives us a bunch of context for the world we're about to give in. But then we have a, the assembly of Major and, and a monologue explaining what's going on. And I, I've already just been told that via the text. So it's like, 
is so redundant. Like it felt like it doesn't it trust felt like the, they were like it doesn't trust the audience. Like really, at the it start. felt like oh, we didn't think you were gonna read that. So it's like it's like one or the other, and like I don't know if maybe the point, like maybe they were maybe they had made it the way they had made it, and then they said like some studio executive said you know because uh that's the story with star wars right george lucas made the first star wars and he screened it to some people and i'm pretty sure it was coppola but it might have been i think it was coppola he said i don't really get it i don't get this the the universe that i'm getting into and then so he added the opening text crawl so like and then obviously that became iconic and a staple so i want like i wonder if there was like a studio executive going I'm not quite sure I get it, or at least I'm not quite sure audiences are going to get it. So maybe just pull the opening text, or maybe he thought anime anime fans are going to be mad if you don't have the opening text crawl, which is not even the same words. It's not even the same yeah, opening same. text. Um, so, but it just it just felt so redundant and m- made me feel insulted as a viewer. Like, oh, they really don't trust me to to get into this world. Okay, cool. And then it doesn't matter. Twenty minutes into the movie. <laughs> yeah, and I think well, I think overall in the story, like. Um... I don't want to use the word dumbed down, but it definitely feels. Oh, this is for sure dumbed down from the anime. Yeah, like especially with the way the movie ends. Yeah, there, there's like I got like I'm trying to imagine like the first time I saw the the initial Ghost in a Shell, and it like blew my mind when I first saw it. And I'm pretty sure my 11 year old mind didn't understand everything that was going on because of the every like all the complexities and the subtle the way things were shot and like uh, you know kind of how, how the characters are treated. But, um, but yeah, I just I definitely feel like this is like. Uh, the Disneyland version of Ghost in a Shell um, at times. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Baby's first Ghost in a Shell. <laughs> baby's first Ghost in a Shell. Love it. Yeah. Um, I think it's worth noting too, for me watching this movie and I'll get like, if you are at all a- any bit interested in anime or even like any animation that isn't Disney Pixar, like listen to Joe on this one. Um, like everything that's coming out of my mouth, but like the, just the, the anime, the animation was gorgeous, and it was by far the 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 thing I'm the most high on. The animation and the music is the reason why I, I gave like I gave it uh, more stars ratings on Letterbox. But I just um, I I still found myself bored at this one, even though this is 20 minutes shorter. I still found myself about 30 or 40 minutes in, going, "I'm done with this. I I'm, I'm out." Like and, and like I kind of feel that way about the first Blade Runner too. You know, I I know that these are pretty comparable. Uh, these but like i kind of feel that way about the first blade runner too i think the first blade runner is a fine movie but like yeah after you kind of get into the world you're just like oh okay it's a very generic plot and a world that you show me some really cool things but i've 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 seen it and now i'm just uninterested blade runner 2049 is the exception that movie's freaking amazing but um yeah i just uh it, it is worth noting for me I, I still landed in just okay. I think I gave it a three out of f- five stars just because I still did find myself. If I wasn't doing the podcast, I would have turned it off halfway through and been like, look, it's just not for me. And that's okay. Um, I think it's worth noting though. I didn't put this movie in my cell, st- in my cell pile. I think because I love the animation so much. Um, and I could see myself like I'd see myself revisiting this one before the live action one, um, you know, a lot. And I'm wondering if just maturity will will get me to like Ghost in the Shell. Um, you know, maybe appre- appreciate it a little bit more. Um, and maybe maybe it's one of those days that like eventually it'll snap and be like, oh, I like anime now. Um, and uh, and I'll get into it. But yeah, I, it's not going in my cell pile. If I if I still had the disc of my live action one, it would go in the cell pile. But I don't. Um, so I had undig- I have it on digital. So I'm stuck with it. But 
whatever. Um, let me let me ask you this question. Um, I think my favorite scene from the anime was the scene with uh, Major and sorry, remind me the guy's name. the The guy with the eye implants. Uh, Bo- uh, Bato. Bato. My favorite scene was the scene of them two on the boat drinking beers. It's one of the best scenes, and the dialogue. Oh, all right. No, just go ahead. I'm gonna let you talk. So, so let me ask you the question: How do you expand this? anime into a 20 minute longer feature film and that scene or and no resemblance of that scene is even in the new movie yeah like they have conversations but they're like the dialogue's not good the surface level they're very basic yeah they're kind of funny a little bit like here's here's one of the things that i really under really like noticed about these two difference um ghost in the shell anime is about sector nine it just happens to be following major Ghost in the Shell live action is all about major. Um, Bato yes. gets the backseat hardcore. Um, sorry, Bato, Batu, Batu. Uh, he just gets he gets the backseat and just has to sit there the whole time. But but the anime feels like a much more collective piece that just happens to follow major. And like, correct me if I'm wrong about this. So in the in the live action Ghost in the Shell, when we're introduced to Major, she is one of a kind. She is the first um hybrid prototype with a human brain in it she's the first and then we we immediately the flash first, forward to yeah, one year later quotation mark she's the first, she's the first success success yeah yeah the first non-prototype um and she and and we we immediately flash forward to one year later but i get the sense that she is still the only right yeah but in the anime i never got the sense that major is the only no she's she's not Right. Like, like, I don't think they ever say that. And that that should be alone indicative enough for you to for you to understand that the anime is a more widely focused one. And and in this particular story, in this particular situation, it just worked better in the anime where it was more focused on the team. And especially when you have, man, the character of Batu in the in the live action was just so forgettable and had no reason to be in the movie uh, yeah he's, he's but in the anime he's essential <laughs> yeah he's very essential like otherwise she i mean she has other people to talk to of course but she doesn't have like a friend you know what i mean or somebody she can confine them like they're really close and you can tell it comes off that way like um i mean even if you don't like the dub i think those two have chemistry whether or not you like the dub or not like her performance but di- but in the Japanese one, they definitely have chemistry. Like they definitely like yeah. You tell like they they have each other's back. Like well, just even in the dialogue, you can just feel that they you know like being around each other. And again, like are he is an important character. And there was no important characters in the live action except for Scarlett Johansson and the uh, the Doctor. That they were there, f- yeah, for like fan service alone. Like I, I mean, yeah, um, Aramaki was good because he was played by B. Takeshi, like famous Japanese yeah, actor. Right, he's yeah, right. awesome. But you know. Um, they didn't give him a whole lot to do. Like, he, he's well, just... same with uh, Tagusa, the Chihan. Yeah. He's in a lot of stuff too. Yeah, and like Tagusa is like a really interesting character because he is nearly almost a hundred percent human in a world where everybody has cybernetic implants. Yeah, uh, I think it's like very minimal implants in the anime, like very minimal. Um, and he chooses to use old tech. He likes to use a revolver. And uh, mm-hmm. there was funny scene like in the anime where like the major's like, you know. what? If it's my ass on the line out here, you're going to use the mock taper. You're going to use the full auto. You're not yeah, going to use yeah, yeah. that. Like, <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? But it's, it's funny. Cause like everybody has like these little quirks about them and you get these like little snippets. And like you said, this movie is 20 minutes shorter, but it has more character development, 
has like a stronger plot, even though like they're kind of similar in some respects. And uh, we mm-hmm. don't have an evil corporation kind of plot line that's like kind of ridiculous. I, I didn't, I don't know, I didn't really like that in 2017. Thought really, yeah, it was really you know, kind of blase, predictable, predictable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, the one thing I will give props to the 2017 version was though I think there were some things that they chose to handle differently, and most of the time it didn't work. Um, yeah, I'll say, you know, like the ending again. It, they made a very vanilla ending to this movie, whereas the anime one was at least like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, that's very different. Um, yeah, you know, but there's some things I think played out better. Like I, I do think the addition of um, what's the bad guy's name? Uh, Kuze. Katu Kuze. Like the addition of like having him be in the movie before the um, like the final fight was interesting. Um, I think I think it translated well to to the big screen. I don't I don't know that the movie would have worked as well on the big screen if if he wasn't like around, you know. Because in the anime, he's just like only at the end, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Their 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 puppet master quotation marks is Kuze, so it's yeah. They're, he's essentially the stand-in. They're not the same character but they're kind of similar you know what i mean like right 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 but like i i like i think it i think it i think it worked well for translating it to the big screen the other thing like i think specifically really worked was the um the the interrogation scene again i really liked that scene because in the in the anime there's there's the water fight of the guy with the guy uh or the fight in the fountain or the shallow water or whatever and uh and then in the anime they just like tell him you don't know who you are. You know, you don't even know that like they tell him all these things, but like in the, in the live action one where they bring him back and we get to, we get to like figure all that out together. Like it, it was a much more drawn out, much more suspenseful, much more cinematic approach where they go like the, tell me about your home life. Oh, I live with my wife and daughter in that, in this house. I think it's a very tall building. Like, you know, uh, and then to find out that all that is, a lie all that's wrong and like it the, the scenes are the same except one of them was like it felt really harsh the way that it was done in the anime and like i think like i, think I that's really kind like of, how harsh it is in the anime. like i like i think that's kind of the point but, like because it's still like it still is kind of harsh in in the live action it, one it but like it it felt like a more realistic response to what would happen and i and i think it just eased i think it just eased really well with with how the um like just with the way the movie was going, like it would have felt really weird if they would have walked up and just been mean to him right there at the fountain. But I think giving us the interrogation scene um, was a, a really effective way to do that. So I'll, I'll give props to the live action movie for doing that. But I don't, there's a lot of there's so many just fumbles in this movie, too. Like, I don't need I, I don't need a Bato gets his eye implants origin story. I don't. I, I hated that. Because yeah, I just hated that. That was that was definitely a Hollywood way to handle that. Like get an injury and like yeah. all of a sudden you get an implant, um, and it's just like in, thrown in as a line of dialogue. And it's like I don't need like this is a world where people get cybernetic implants. Like there's no he, he doesn't have to lose his eyesight to, yeah, to get that. Bato just had he implants. Just, he just could have just wanted better ones. You know, yeah. there's there's no need for that. So and and I did I did like the additional scenes of the um, the like coroner. Like I thought like the the interactions there like i thought i thought the visuals of the hacking scene were really cool yeah i actually really like that too i thought the liberties they took there with like um when you're when you're being hacked it's like it's like yeah. all these like bodies like grabbing at you and like grasping at you that was really cool so, so like there are some things to like about the the original but they're only in the first 40 minutes or about the about the the remake but they're only in the first 40 minutes but they fumble a lot more than they actually pull off yeah i, th- I think they bite off more than they could chew 
I mean, yeah. Well, and they're they're trying to make they tried to make it a more Western movie, and they tried to make it a more like not as complex, you know, ending and story. And they they tried to just make it. Let's take this IP and let's turn it into you know people are going to go see this movie because they're going to see Scarlett Johansson in the equivalent of a nude bodysuit. Like, yeah, let's make it an action sci-fi movie. You know what I mean? Like let's, so let's, so let's capitalize on the audience that would be going to see that. Yeah. Let's lean more on the action. Let's make it PG 13. Let's broaden the audience a little bit. I'm fine. You know, making it more action heavy. Like, and I'm I'm like, I'm fine even broadening the audience, but when you compromise everything, any, any (laughs) sort of originality or any sort of like, yeah, like any sort of like complexity, which I'm not again, and you know me, I know the, the, the I don't think the I didn't find the the anime all that complex. Um, I think I, I think I'm going to chalk it up to expectations for that one. But, um, you know, when you when you strip it down to even more basic, that was that's just insulting. So that's I'm out of notes, man. That's it. I've, I've said everything that I wanted to say in one way or another. Yeah, I think I think overall, like for some of the reasons uh, that we've, we've kind of mentioned, like I don't hate the movie. Like I said, there are things that it does and it does well, um, especially visually. And uh, like I said, you even found some things to be kind of, kind of an improvement as far as like uh, way certain scenes played out. Um, but yeah. The iconic water scene. I think they did a, they did a good job visually capturing that, but it, it didn't, yeah. I'm trying to find a better word instead of impact, but it just didn't, um, it didn't resonate as much in the original, but like I said, I can be completely biased. I mean, I, this is a movie I've watched since I was like 11 years old. So yeah, I don't know. I think like that. I think that it works really well. Really amazing, like the way it looks and the way it's animated, and like the him like scanning the market trying to find them, and like them shooting through the market, like just the way that whole thing was like planned out. Like it's just it feels really abrupt in the uh, in the live action when you compare it. I don't know. Yeah, as far as scene comparison goes, for sure, I get that. Um, yeah, I I'm out. So um, like I said, I'm I'm gonna defer to Joe on all the things here. Um. You know, I, I, I'm the minority for this and that is, that is fine. And again, I, I've, I've been up front. I don't like anime is not my thing. So if you're at all in anime, I'll, like I, I would really doubt you haven't seen Ghost of the Shell by now, but, but take this as your opportunity to, to go see it. Um, or if you're somebody that kind of is like in, in the, in the boat where it's like, I'm not quite sure if it's my thing. I want to give it a test out. Like, sure. Hour and 12 minutes. Yeah. Or maybe you know? like you're, you know, you're a young anime fan and like, you're more of like the new gen stuff. Like you don't like a lot of the older stuff. So at this point, 1995, pretty old now. So, (laughs) yeah. So I'm absolutely deferring to Joe on all the ghost of the shell opinions here. If you know, so, uh, but we could both agree that there's not really a reason to watch. Like, like if you, if you have, if, if uh, the 2017 version is on a subscription service that you're paying for, like I might turn it on for 20 minutes just to see the visuals. It's Um, not though. (laughs) Believe me, I tried to find a place. Couldn't find anywhere streaming. Oh, I didn't. It's a Paramount movie, I think. So I was surprised it's on Paramount Plus. But um, but I was thinking like the scene where she walks through the marketplace, like, and it's very clearly the establishing the city shot, the establishing the the the, the ground level of this world shot. Like, there's not really any reason to watch much farther than that. Uh, maybe if you really want to go up to the water fight and interrogation scene, then you're fine. But um, if it happens to be on TNT as you're scrolling, you know. Maybe pop it on for five minutes, experience the visuals, and and walk away. But if the anime is on, you know, different story. Yeah, give it Cult- a watch. Culture alone, like impact on on culture alone, should 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 make the original Ghost in the Shell a at least one time watch for anybody that wants to be a 
a movie fan or specifically any sort of animation fan. So, okay. Um, that'll take us to the B plot. So we are getting to the point where I'm going to start making the new schedule for, um, the, the next six months. So Joe and I are going to, um, figure out, um, what our schedule is going to look like for July through December. So six months, we got to pick out some things that could be on the board. So again, we're kind of expanding it to a little bit more nerd culture, um, geek culture, whatever you want to call it. Anything that's a little bit more like in the realm of not, not specifically, it has to be adapted from a comic book, but just has to be kind of in that category. So let's, um, pick about 12 things that could be like, Hey, let's do, you know, for example, we still have never covered any of the X-Men movies. So if we wanted to say X-Men, but like, we're not just going to do one X-Men movie, you know, but we could say like the original trilogy or the, the prequel trilogy, or, you know, the, the standalone movies, you know, we can do whatever. Um, but we, we are going to come up with 12 options and then I'm going to put them on Twitter and you guys are going to vote for what you want to hear us to talk about. So, um, might be some blank spaces, might sound a little bit choppy for the next little bit, but I'm just kind of going through the list. Joe's got my list up too. Just anything, anything, Joe, that you see that stands out. Um, let's let's get on the list, and then we can narrow it down. I so, right um, now. I think we can. Uh, how do you feel about doing Bumblebee? Um, we could do Bumblebee. I think um, Transformers because oh, my but... my wife uh, wants to watch Bumblebee. I saw it in theaters. Um, a short of the first three Transformers movies. I'm throwing Akira on the list just because, and again, these yeah, aren't yeah, necessarily going yeah. to be in the poll, but we'll, we'll get a list of, of some good stuff and we'll, we'll kind of throw it that way, but sure. Yeah. Why not Bumblebee? Um, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure we'll do some, we'll have an option for some sort of animated thing, like a DC animated feature or whatever. Um, I like to, th- I like to throw in at least one like comic yeah. animated thing per, per time, but, um, yeah. Anything else sticking out to you yet? Yeah, I'm trying to find more stuff. It's like kind of uh, in our lane, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, would you want to throw Close Encounters of the Third Kind in this category? Oh, uh, sure. Or is that you know? What? Or is that a little out? This is a little, uh, little I've never seen. I don't think I've ever seen the movie all the way through. I've seen it once. Yeah, it's possible. Um, ooh, this one I was actually really curious about. Um, but I want to ask you a clarifying question first. Um, what would you think about the original Dawn of the Dead? I love that movie. Okay. Do you have access to it? I do. Okay. Cause that's the thing is I got to ask because it is out of print and so it's pretty hard to find. So I have it on DVD. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, because I, I got a um, international 4k copy uh, oh. a while ago that was not, not easy to get my hands on and I'm dying for an excuse to watch this one. I think we can throw that in there. Yeah. Yeah. Let's throw it in there. Dawn of the dead 78. It's pretty, it's kind of comic booky. Um, if I'm at a, well, this whole like this whole zombie wave, you know, right? Like, yeah, it, talk I about a movie that's in, that. yeah, talk about a movie that's like super influential for like an entire genre. Jesus, I mean, and I'm even willing to throw something in like um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, or Hero, or both. Sure, throw them both. I haven't seen Hero in a long time. Me neither. That was the first movie I probably see Donnie Yen in. Might have. I'm sure I've seen him in something before, but I think It Man was my oh this guy. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I still haven't seen Crouching Tiger. Though. Excellent. Movie. But I picked, but I picked up a 4k copy last year from a resale shop. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I'm just kind of spitballing some things. I mean, I'd be willing to put like enter the dragon on there if we're going to count the other things. Uh, enter the dragon's like one of my favorite movies of all time. It's, it's actually <laughs> in my top 10. Um, let's see. What else can we kind of throw in this, this camp, this yeah, category? I've never seen that yet. 
Um, let's see, there's some old school Godzilla ones, but I also got. Hmm. Ooh, can we do a um a Green Lantern animated film in the contest? That was one I was thinking about. Because sure. there was one that came out last year called Beware My Power, which is a John Stewart one. Oh, yeah. You want to do the John Stewart one? I mean, either that, like, uh, I have that and Emerald Knights. I've never seen either of them. I think they're on HBO Max, too, right? I think just about all I, of them. I believe so, yes. Yeah, I'm okay with either one of those or both. We, like, I, I feel like if we're going to do Green Lantern, we'll probably do both of them together, right? Okay, let's, do, let's, let's throw both of them together. Yeah. We'll make sure that one hits the Twitter poll. I think that's actually all a really right. good one. All right, uh, we'll we'll for sure make that one gets. But I was like, I, I knew there was another like animated one I really wanted to be around to, but because I've never seen an animated, like I've seen like obviously ones that um that that fall into that camp. But uh, maybe Halo, Fall of Reach. I've never even seen that. Yeah, let's try it. It's gotta be streaming somewhere. Probably. Uh, I I bu- I bought a Blu-ray for like um like two bucks. <laughs> um. Ooh. Um. I I also got the um. The two animated Hellboy movies that were out, Blood and Iron and Storm it, of Swords. It's funny, I just, I'm just looking at that right now. Uh-huh. Maybe we can put the two Hellboys ver- animated versus the Green Lanterns in a Twitter poll? Yeah. Um, these should probably be. Yeah, I think I have them digitally, so I should I should be able to share them with you anyway. But but maybe we'll put those two together. That way we for sure have an animated in there. Yeah. That'll, that'll work out well. Um, long list. Trying to scroll fast. Did you do Howl's Moving Castle? I didn't write it down. Um, I can. Yeah, that's a good one. Probably do I Am Legend. Especially with a sequel coming out. Yeah, do I Am Legend. That one is a comic book adaptation, yeah? It is. Uh, yeah. Um, it initially novel, then it was a film, then it was a comic book, I think. Interesting. And now it's getting a sequel. A sequel that the canon ending is the alternate ending. Weird. I think the movie is called The Mega Man. I forgot what the book is called. The comic book is called. I don't know if they're all I Am Legend. Yeah. I'm going to throw the Animatrix on here. Yeah, definitely. Throw it on there. Uh, 2003 Hulk. Isn't it sad that the Animatrix is probably the second best Matrix film? Uh, I wouldn't know, because I haven't seen it. Hmm. That's true. You haven't seen it. Yeah, the blue highlights are films I've never seen. The pink highlights are movies I've seen once a while ago. And the green highlights are movies I really love that I really want to show my wife. So for clarity. All right, down in the P's, almost getting there. You're uh, Nathan Uncle. Sure. Throw that on this list. Oh, uh, Silent Hill. I heard that movie's actually pretty okay. Oh, uh, I like the first one. The second one, not great. That's exactly what I've heard. <laughs> not great. Uh, you seen Old Boy once? Yeah, Old Boy is... Uh, oh, Old Boy counts, yeah. That's an experience. Mm-hmm. I've seen it once in high school and... We could. I didn't I didn't get it. We could watch the original and watch the Brolin one. We could. I both. I only owned the Brolin one, uh, the the original, the original. Oh, okay. Um, but I have seen both of them once. Yeah, we could certainly. If we do, if we do, old boy, we could certainly do both of them. I thought I've seen it streaming somewhere too. It's kinda, I'm sure it is. It's, kinda, it's hard to find the, uh, the Spike Lee one. The you mean it's hard to find the the Japanese one, the Korean one? No, it's pretty easy to find the Korean one. I feel like it's harder to is find it? the uh, the American one. Oh, I've I actually had a hard time finding the Korean one. I do. I feel like it's like everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I watched it when it was on Netflix, but I thought I think it was something like I think a lot of people were guessing that uh, Criterion was going to pick it up because all of a sudden it started disappearing from a lot of places. Yeah. Um, so I had I had to buy Arrow. Arrow released it 4K internationally, and because 4K discs are region free, I had to buy a European release for the 4K disc. Um, so, um, Dortron Legacy in here. Sure, that's a pretty okay movie. I've seen the first one, but I haven't seen Tron Legacy. First one's okay. Hmm. 
You want to throw Westworld in here? The original movie? (laughs) Yeah, Westworld is pretty wild. You haven't seen it, right? I've seen the show. I love the show. uh, I've never seen the movie. It's a little different. (laughs) I'm aware. (laughs) Thank God, though, because that show is so good. I mean, like, thank God they made the changes. The movie is what it is. I'll just say that. I think that takes me to the end um, of the list. And I I mean, I think that gives us plenty to work for, at least for this time. Yeah, we got a lot. Um, All right. So we said for sure we're going to do a Green Lantern and Hellboy. Um, Okay. So that's one of 12 that we got to match up. So I think another good one, too, since I just saw it on your list. You haven't seen the new RoboCop. Maybe we do a RoboCop 2014, Mm -hmm. RoboCop 87. Sure. Yeah. All right, uh, to refresh your memory, uh, on the list I have right now is Akira, Bumblebee, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Dawn of the Dead 78, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Hero, Enter the Dragon, um, The Green Lantern Animated, um, Halo, Fall of Reach, Hellboy Animated, Howl's Moving Castle, I Am Legend, Animatrix, the 2003 Hulk movie, Man from Uncle, Silent Hill, The Old Boy Movies, Tron Legacy, uh, Westworld, and its sequel, Future World, which we could divide them up if you want, and the RoboCop. So. Right now, I only have the one matchup, um, so that's, that's one of six because Green Lantern and Hellboy. So uh, let's uh, let's pick another one. I would like to find a way a, a match with Dawn of the Dead seventy eight. I'd really like to figure out a way we could have Dawn of the Dead. So um, at least in the in the competition. Oh, uh, you said you've never seen Warm Bodies. I haven't. Sure, I don't own it, but it, yeah, I would consider a watchless movie. All right. Plus, um, not to say Warm Bodies isn't a good movie, but I do think a poll <laughs> that. Uh... Donna Deb will probably win, but... Uh, I hope so, man. I'm dying for an excuse to watch that one. Um, all right, throw out a movie from the from the thing that you want to make sure gets mentioned. Uh, Here, I'll send them to you. You've seen Sleepaway Camp 3, but not Sleepaway yeah, Camp buddy. 1 or 2? You know it. Uh, I do not like Sleepaway Camp 3. The 3 is, is a great amount of camp. 1's kind of a mixed bag. Like it, Sometimes like it's super serious, or like as serious as it almost get. 80 slasher movies and other times it's really goofy it's really weird all right i sent you a list of the stuff that we've mentioned so far nice. that does not have a home like in the oh yeah yeah I did. um of the stuff that doesn't have a home just yet so if you if we want to to try to pare more down but you're welcome to also keep looking the doc and see if i if i passed up anything but trying to get some matchups going so like match up these ones here yeah i mean yeah those or any other thing in the doc that you're like scrolling by and you're like hey like this one so because cause I just wrote down everything that we would we would say would consider would qualify for these moving forward. But now we got to get some matchups because we're just going to do a Twitter poll, A versus B, and then that's it. So we got to have six matchups. We have two matchups right now. Six matchups, huh? Um, before, try to do both the old boys. Okay, old boy. Um, I think Westworld is hella interesting. Okay. Um, let's see if we can pull, pit a another like international action movie. Let's do um with with old boy. All right, let's do old boy versus Westworld. Actually, what do you think of what do you think about Crouching Tiger versus Enter the Dragon or Hero? One of the two. Either way, Crouching Tiger in Crouching Tiger and Enter the Dragon. I think it's cool. Okay, different types of martial arts films too. That's cool. Mm-hmm. All right, cross a couple more off of our list. Um, let's see here. I think it'd be interesting. Let's let's throw close encounters here. Cool. Yeah, I don't mind. Because because I know that you haven't seen it, and I've only seen it the once, and couldn't tell you three things about it. So, what would be a good pairing with Close Encounters? This one's kind of weird. Yeah, let's do let's do let's do Westworld with Close Encounters. Yeah, that makes sense. And then I'll and then I'll change the Westworld to be RoboCop, so it could be the RoboCops or the Old Boys. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, 
And the Close Encounters makes sense because they're relatively the same era. I think Westworld's like, what, the 70s? I think so. All right. Akira, Bumblebee, Hero, Halo, Fall of Reach, Howl's Moving Castle, I Am Legend, Animatrix, uh, 2003 Hulk, Man from Uncle, and Silent Hill. Um, My inklings are with the I Am Legend sequel announcement, maybe getting that on there, but I would not be mad if we wanted to, like, give me another shot at um, anime and see about Akira versus Animatrix. Yeah, I think that works. Yeah, Yeah, let's try that. All right. It It may be me coming back here and saying, you know what, I just don't like anime. But all right, so that'll do it then. I have matchups being um, the Green Lantern animated films versus the two Hellboy animated. I think the Hellboy ones are shorts, but either way, um, I have Dawn of the Dead versus Warm Bodies. I have RoboCop versus Old Boy, uh, and then we would do the original. The for RoboCop, we would just do the original and then the remake. We wouldn't do the sequels. For Old Boy, we would do the original and the American remake. Um, and they got Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon versus Enter the Dragon. I've got Close Encounters of the Third Kind versus Westworld. Um, and maybe we'd throw in Future World in there. I don't know. We'll see. Um, and then uh, Akira versus Animatrix. That sounds fun. Nice. Uh, and then we'll figure out what months those are going to be assigned to after um, the Twitter polls go out. And so we'll take a look. Um, I'll, I'm going to put those out. This episode goes live on Wednesday. So I'm going to put out the Twitter polls on thursday morning at 8 a.m and you have until the bec goes live friday at noon on what you want to talk about because i just want to get the schedule thing rolling so um so if you're listening now make sure to head over there on twitter at sifpop you have until you have 26 or 7 out 20 24 27 hours 28 27 28 hours to get this figured out so uh you know what i will keep it live until I normally wouldn't do it a week, but it feels like a week is too long. I'll keep it live until Sunday. So you have Thursday, Friday, and Saturday to get it done. So it goes up Thursday at 8 a.m. and it goes down Sunday at 8 a.m. Let's say that. Um, so so make sure to go over there and vote. And then um, I'll reveal the results. Not next podcast episode. I mean, you can go check the Twitter results as soon as the poll closes. Um, but I will do the results. We'll let the results know. I'll talk with Joe. We will figure out what months we're going to play in them and all that. And we'll, we'll figure it out. So cool. I'm excited. I think that's a lot of good, good pulls. Um, yeah, some good stuff. And I think just broadening this too, in general, to be a little bit more not tied down to having to be adapted from a comic book, you know, throwing in something like a Dawn of the dead or, uh, yeah, um, once you're watching the extraordinary gentleman, you know, you've hit rock bottom. No, <laughs> you know, it's just all going like down even, there. Like even, even throwing in something like a Kung Fu movie, you know, like into the dragon or, Crou- or crouching tiger or whatever, like that just feels, right. it feels natural for the kind of movies we typically talk about. So just moving a little bit away from comic adaptations only to open us up a little bit more. Um, yeah. But, it's just, uh, I mean, it's all like nerd genre stuff. You know what I mean? Like it's all stuff. that's like people. Well, and we've with. still got, Green Lantern and Hellboy. I think Warm Bodies is a comic adaptation, isn't it? Not sure. It uh, it feels like it. Yeah. Um. But uh, Old Boy is for sure. Yes. Um. Uh. Warm Bodies is. I think a. It says novel book. Whatever. Um. Yeah. And uh. Yeah. Animatrix, Akira, that stuff. Yeah, that fits. So. Cool. Yeah. And again, throw in a Close Encounters or a Westworld. That all sounds fun. So. Um. Cool. Well, again, reminder on Twitter, they will be up Thursday from 8 a.m. to Sunday at 8 a.m. So make sure to go over there and vote for which one you want to hear Joe and I and probably a guest talk about. Um, So we'll get that taken care of. Um, The 
Um, we will, I will announce the reviews on the next episode or I will announce what one on the next time I record after next week. So two weeks on the episode with Robert and Joseph, I will mention what had won. And, um, and then we're also on that episode, we're going to pick the goats for next week, kind of in the same fashion. So, um, we will, we will get that ready. So, um, yeah, Whew. should be fun. Joe, one more thing before we get out of here. Uh, the spinoff. What is that one thing in any year of pop culture that you want to t- tell everybody to check out or to stay away from? Yeah, I mean, I guess since we're on the topic of Ghost in a Shell, if you happen to like the movie, um, either live action or the anime or both, um, watch Ghost in a Shell Standalone Complex, which is an anime series. It's kind of an alternate timeline. Um, and also read the original 1989 manga. And I mean, there's Ghost in a Shell everything. You could throw a rock and you'll hit a Ghost in a Shell story. Um, it's a very popular yeah, IP. Yeah. So, yeah. For sure. Check it out. Uh, Joe, I've, I guess as tradition for the show, I've got to tell you about a video game that I was surprised is as good as it was, and specifically a movie adaptation that I'm surprised is as good as it was. Um, and this one I actually like know. Like, a lot of people really liked when it came out. I'm so surprised it wasn't a hit. So, um, over the last week... I played and destroyed X-Men Origins Wolverine. And that game is it's kind of amazing. Pretty cool. It's, really, it's kind of it's kind of great. Yeah, it's kind of a great game. Yeah. Based off a really um, crappy movie. Yeah, like like it's still like the same story structure, but like the the way combat flows feels natural and like it does get a little repetitive, but like, you know, it, it's obviously nowhere near the level of like Batman Arkham or anything like that in terms of like groundbreaking or like playability or anything but like it's a solid pickup so um i know that i know that because it's kind of been in because they didn't produce a lot of them because it didn't sell well because it was a movie tie-in video game like they're maybe a little hard to get your hands on but like i really enjoyed it it's not like uh you must go out and buy this right now but like look if you're at your local video game shop and you have a a console that will play this game like and it's at a reasonable price grab it man grab it it's a good time yeah, if you like action, kind of like action RPGs, like God of War, or like Devil May Cry, you'll you'll definitely love this one. Like it's yeah, yeah, it's definitely good. Well, that's a wrap. Remember, you can follow Joe on Instagram. Um, he's uh, I'll have his handle linked in the episode description below. But also remember, you can check out him and other writers and all their socials if you go to sifpop.com and you click that Meet the Contributors tab. Also, a quick reminder that over at sifpop.com that the Summer Sum Game is happening right now. So if you're interested in playing along, go to sifpop.com, click Summer Sum Game, and get involved with that. Um, you can follow me on Twitter or Letterboxd at Schweitcastle. And quick reminder, the Civ Pop Writers Room is part of the Studio DNA Network, where you can check out other great shows at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. If you're interested in writing for Civ Pop or you're going to get in contact with the show, send some feedback, send some uh, questions to explore during the B-plot, then you can email writersroom at civpop.com. And please don't forget to leave this review on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you're listening. Uh, next week, I have Heath and Foster joining me to talk about The Kid Detective and Field of Dreams, two movies that I couldn't find pairings for. So I threw them together because I figured it would be nice to have Foster and Heath along together. Um, so next week, we'll see you back here for those. In two weeks, Robert and Joseph will be joining me to talk about The Great Dictator as part of our GOAT segment. And remember that that will be the time that we are also um, picking what, what potential GOATs that we will be talking about. So if you have suggestions... Um, feel free to throw them my way um, on, on what movies you'd like to see us tackle in the goats category. And next month, Joe and I will come back together to talk about Batman Gotham Knight and Batman year one. Uh, 
two animated Batman films. I'm excited because I've seen one of these and I've not seen the other. And the one that I have seen, I remember thinking it was just fine. So um, that will do it. Thanks, Joe, for hanging out. Really appreciate your time, as always. Yeah, it worries always fun. Uh, we will do it again next week. Talking about some Batman movies, and um, I'm excited to to see what what winners of the poll will be, and uh, um, be in contact with you about kind of how we want to see that play out. So yeah, sweet, fun stuff. We'll see you next week, Joe and listener. We will see you next week. Uh, next month.